Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chelsea and Jess, uh, and we're mostly in Ezekiel today. Um, just dealing with a couple different nations, some judgment on them, and then we get to poor King Zedekiah <laughs> and some horrible things that happened to him. So <laughs> Some horrible things. And, and some terrible things. Um, so as we read over these passages of Ezekiel, um, what stuck out to you guys? Uh, for me, there's this little section here about Tyre, and um, there's actually an extensive amount of description about this place, and it gives a really good visual uh, in your mind of how glorious this uh, kingdom was. Um, Cedar from Lebanon, you have ivory, you have uh, the different uh, precious stones and emeralds and gems, and you get this beautiful vision of this place, and it's wonderful until the king starts taking this wisdom and taking this, uh, these glorious riches and not giving that glory to God, but sin's creeping in and he's becoming more greedy. Uh, in 16, Ezekiel 28, 16, your rich commerce led you to violence and then you sinned. And then that's when everything starts going downhill. So it's just interesting to me the emphasis on the beauty of this uh, place and it really appears that God is blessing these people, but the king takes a turn, and instead of giving that glory to him, he starts taking the credit himself and becoming greedy and wants more commerce and leads to more violence and desires uh, the splendor and the glory and the riches, and that leads to the corruption and the crushing of Tyre. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting description of idolatry in a way that isn't explored quite as much because usually we think of idolatry in these passages as like Baal and an idol and yeah an actual idol. But what it actually is is these people of Tyre taking created things that the Lord gave them and making and surrounding their lives about them and worshiping them in the way of commerce mm-hmm. um, and desiring more and more of that more wealth. It's sort of interesting to me. It reminds me a lot of the narrative surrounding like Solomon building the the temple and building the palace. You have this picture with Solomon where um, people are coming into Jerusalem from all corners of the world with like the best of everything. There's Mm -hmm. the timbers and the gems and the gold and the silver and lapis lazuli. Yeah. Lapis lazuli. I never (laughs) knew how to say that until I heard you read it one time. I was like, Oh, okay. I don't actually know if that's actually right. Um, but it's, it's, it's similar in the narrative in that like God is at work. The people are worshiping the Lord. They're doing what's right in his eyes. He makes them prosperous. Their prosperity comes from all corners of the world. Rulers are coming from everywhere to see how great it is. And eventually, I, I love how you're saying, like, eventually they fall into this kind of idolatry where it's like, oh, let's just love all this stuff that we have and this opulence that's been given to us. And then pretty soon, there's this turn where God finds sin in their hearts. Just so apparently this is what happened with Tyre. It's also what happened with the people of Judah and, and Israel in that they begin to worship the opulence. They begin to use it to take advantage of people. Mm-hmm. They begin to use it to promote themselves instead of worshiping God that's given it to them. Mm-hmm. And it leads to their downfall. Um, and that, it's spelled out pretty clearly. It's Ezekiel 28, 
um, starting like verse 13, um, it just lays out like all these wonderful things that God was giving them. And then it says, you were blameless. This is verse 15. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Your rich commerce led you to violence and you sinned. So I banished you in disgrace. So it's this idea that God doesn't mind blessing people with things. That's what he's doing. But there's a real danger in turning to worshiping those things. And God doesn't seem to like that at all. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then we get into Zedekiah and, uh, several graphic descriptions of what happens to him. Um, you may think that Zedekiah had six eyes that were gouged out. (laughs) Actually, we just read the same account three different times. (laughs) It is so interesting though. We read two accounts that sound the same. And then the third account in Jeremiah gives a much more detailed description of what happened. Mm -hmm. Just, I mean, it's interesting how the Bible always fact checks itself. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's interesting. But speaking of fact-checking, um, if you have been listening for the past few weeks, back in Ezekiel 12, um, Ezekiel did one of his crazy object lessons where he um, put a pack on his back and left through a hole in the wall. And people were like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but it says, and as part of the prophecy, it, was, it says, even Zedekiah will leave Jerusalem at night through a hole in the wall, taking only what he can carry with him. He will cover his face and his eyes will not see the land he is leaving. Then I'll throw my net over him and capture him in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon, the land of the Babylonians, though he will never see it and he will die there. That is literally what happens to Zedekiah. So crazy specific. And and at the risk of sounding like I'm happy that Zedekiah got his eyes out, I'm not. I'm just like super impressed by the crazy accuracy that's in the Bible. <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty cool. The prophecy is fulfilled like so completely. Right. Um, and I'm sure that when when Ezekiel was prophesying this, people were like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah. how could he go to Babylon and not see it? Right. Like, well, guess what? He won't have eyes. <laughs> won't have eyes. Um, I can't. <laughs> it's just funny to imagine the ministry of these prophets. Yeah. Such <laughs> yes. a bummer. Today's lesson is watch me with his backpack. I'm going to go through that hole in the wall. But that's actually... Thus I mean, says even, the Lord. Even yeah. that, there's a hole in the wall and they leave through it. Isn't yeah. that crazy? It blows my mind. So the first the first two accounts, uh, we'd be looking at 2 Kings, we'd be looking at Jeremiah 52. Did you say we'd be looking? We'd be looking? <laughs> no. Maybe, I don't Doesn't know. Doesn't sound like you. There's a lot of Vacation words. There's a lot of, there's a lot of words in this podcast. Um, the first two accounts make it seem like the soldiers uh, like knock down the walls from the inside to try to escape. Right. Um, the third account, which is actually Jeremiah 39, um, explains a little bit in more detail that the Babylonians actually knocked the walls down, mm-hmm. and then eventually the soldiers like snuck out at night, and mm-hmm. you end up with Zedekiah being judged. Um, what, what Nebuchadnezzar does is obviously very cruel, um, but it's also very functional for taking over a kingdom. Like You might see that he killed all his sons and be like, oh my gosh, that's so horrible. Yes, it is horrible. Also, what he's doing is making sure there's no reigning party left. Um, there's no, there's no competing line that can spring up from Zedekiah and yeah. say, no, we're still claiming this land. He just left the poorest people in Jerusalem. That's it. Well, someone's got to take care of those grapes, huh? <laughs> um, and then, um, the, the Babylon, the Babylonians burned Jerusalem and tore down the walls of the city, which we'll come back to later when Nehemiah comes to restore those things. Um, just interesting to me that, yeah. When you read the Bible chronologically, a lot of things make sense. <laughs> so this is 586 BC. If you're into nerdy history stuff, it's a pretty important date in Jewish history and Christian history, just in the narrative of what God is doing. 
if you were a follower of God in 586 BC, you'd be looking at a lot of things and feeling pretty distraught. I mean, the, the, the temple is now destroyed. So actually I was just, I just opened the podcast talking a little bit about the, the temple and the opulence that came from it. It's now burned down. Mm -hmm. There's none of it left. The people are not left in Jerusalem. It looks like God's covenant has been destroyed and he was unable to hold it together. Um, but that's not the end of the story. No. Guys, thanks so much for listening today to God's Whole Story, and we will be back tomorrow. Bye. See ya. Ezekiel 26, starting in verse 15. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to Tyre. The whole coastline will tremble at the sound of your fall, as the screams of the wounded echo into the continuing slaughter. All the seaport rulers will step down from their thrones and take off their royal robes and beautiful clothing. They will sit on the ground trembling with horror at your destruction. Then they will wail for you, singing this funeral song. O famous island city, once ruler of the sea, how you have been destroyed. Your people with their naval power once spread fear around the world. Now the coastlands tremble at your fall. The islands are dismayed as you disappear. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will make Tyre an, uninhibit, an uninhabited ruin, like many others. I will bury you beneath the terrible waves of enemy attack. Great seas will swallow you. I will send you to the pit to join those who descended there long ago. Your city will lie in ruins, buried beneath the earth, like those in the pit who have entered the world of the dead. You will have no place of respect here in the land of the living. I will bring you to a terrible end, and you will exist no more. You will be looked for, but you will never again be found. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, sing a funeral song for Tyre, that mighty gateway to the sea, the trading center of the world. Give Tyre this message from the Sovereign Lord. You boasted, O Tyre, my beauty is perfect. You extended your boundaries into the sea. Your builders made your beauty perfect. You were like a great ship built from the finest cypress of Sinir. They took a cedar from Lebanon to make a mast for you. They carved your oars from the oaks of Bashan, your deck of pine from the coasts of Cyprus, your inlaid with ivory. Your sails were made of Egypt's finest linen, and they flew as a banner above you. You stood beneath blue and purple awnings, made bright with dyes from the coasts of Il-Shaha. Your oarsmen came from Sidon and Arvad. Your helmsmen were skilled men from Tyre itself. Wise old craftsmen from Gebal did the caulking. Ships from every land came with goods to barter for your trade. Men from distant Persia, Lydia, Libya served in your great army. They hung their shields and helmets on your walls, giving you great honor. Men from Arvad and Helek stood on your walls. Your towers were manned by men from Gamad. Their shields hung on your walls, completing your beauty. Tarshish sent merchants to buy your wares in exchange for silver, iron, tin, and lead. Merchants from Greece, Tubal, and Meshech bought slaves and articles of bronze to trade with you. From Beth Torgama came riding horses, chariot horses, and mules, all in exchange for your goods. Merchants came to you from Dedan. Numerous coastlands were your captive markets. They brought payments in ivory tusks and ebony wood. 
Syria sent merchants to buy your rich variety of goods. They traded turquoise, purple dyes, embroidery, fine linen, and jewelry of coral and rubies. Judah and Israel traded for your wares, offering wheat from Minith, figs, honey, olive oil, and balm. Damascus sent merchants to buy your rich variety of goods, bringing wine from Helbon and white wool from Zahar. Greeks from Uzal came to trade for your merchandise. Wrought iron, cassia, and fragrant calamus were bartered for your wares. Dedan sent merchants to trade their expensive saddle blankets with you. The Arabians and princes of Kedar sent merchants to trade lambs and rams and male goats in exchange for your goods. The merchants of Sheba and Ramah came with all kinds of spices, jewels, and gold in exchange for your wares. Haran, Kenna, Eden, Sheba, Aser, and Kilmad came with their very merchandise too. They brought choice fabrics to trade, blue cloth, embroidery, and multicolored carpets rolled up and bound with cords. The ships of Tarshish were your ocean caravans. Your island warehouse was filled to the brim. But look, your oarsmen have taken you into stormy seas. A mighty eastern gale has wrecked you in the heart of the sea. Everything is lost. Your riches and wares, your sailors and pilots, your shipbuilders, merchants, and warriors on the same day of your ruin. Everyone on board sinks into the depths of the sea. Your cities by the sea tremble as your pilots cry out in terror. All the oarsmen abandon their ships. The sailors and pilots stand on the shore. They cry aloud over you and weep bitterly. They throw dust on their heads and roll in ashes. They shave their heads in grief for you and dress themselves in burlap. They weep for you with bitter anguish and deep mourning. As they wail and mourn over you, they sing this sad funeral song. Was there ever such a city as Tyre, now silent at the bottom of the sea? The merchandise you traded satisfied the desires of many nations. Kings at the ends of the earth were enriched by your trade. Now you are a wrecked ship, broken at the bottom of the sea. All your merchandise and crew have gone down with you. All who live along the coastlands are appalled at your terrible fate. Their kings are filled with horror and look on with twisted faces. The merchants among the nations shake their heads at the sight of you, for you have come to a horrible end and will exist no more. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give the prince of Tyre this message from the sovereign Lord. In your great pride you claim, I am a god. I sit on a divine throne in the heart of the sea, but you are only a man and not a god. Though you boast that you are a god, you regard yourself as wiser than Daniel and think no secret is hidden from you. With your wisdom and understanding, you have amassed great wealth, gold and silver from your treasuries. Yes, your wisdom has made you very rich, and your riches have made you very proud. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because you think you are as wise as a god, I will now bring against you a foreign army, the terror of the nations. They will draw their swords against your marvelous wisdom and defile your splendor. They will bring you down to the pit, and you will die in the heart of the sea, pierced with many wounds. Will you then boast, I am a god, to those who kill you? To them you will be no god, but merely a man. You will die like an outcast at the hands of foreigners. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. Then this further message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, sing this funeral song for the king of Tyre. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone. Red carnelian, pale green peridot, white moonstone, blue-green beryl, onyx, green jasper, blue lapis lazuli, turquoise, and emerald, all beautifully crafted for you, and set in the finest gold. 
They were given to you on the day you were created. I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Your rich commerce led you to violence, and you sinned. So I banished you in disgrace from the mountain of God. I expelled you, O mighty guardian, from your place among the stones of fire. Your heart was filled with pride because of all your beauty. Your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. So I threw you to the ground and exposed you to the curious gaze of kings. You defiled your sanctuaries with many sins and your dishonest trade. So I brought fire out from within you, and it consumed you. I reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of those who were watching. All who knew you were appalled at your fate. You have come to a terrible end, and you will exist no more. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, turn and face the city of Sidon and prophesy against it. Give the people of Sidon this message from the sovereign Lord. I am your enemy, O Sidon, and I will reveal my glory by what I do to you. When I bring judgment against you and reveal my holiness among you, everyone watching will know that I am the Lord. I will send a plague against you, and blood will be spilled in your streets. The attack will come from every direction, and your people will lie slaughtered within your walls. Then everyone will know that I am the Lord. No longer will Israel's scornful neighbors prick and tear at her like briars and thorns, for then they will know that I am the sovereign Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. The people of Israel will again live in their own land, the land I gave my servant Jacob, for I will gather them from the distant lands where I have scattered them. I will reveal to the nations of the world my holiness among my people. They will live safely in Israel and build homes and plant vineyards. And when I punish the neighboring nations that treated them with contempt, they will know that I am the Lord their God. 2 Kings 25 verses 3 to 7. By July 18th in the 11th year of King Zedekiah's reign, the famine in the city had become very severe, and the last of the food was entirely gone. Then a section of the city wall was broken down. Since the city was surrounded by the Babylonians, the soldiers waited for nightfall and escaped through the gate between the two walls behind the king's garden. Then they headed toward the Jordan Valley. But the Babylonian troops chased the king and overtook him on the plains of Jericho, for his men had all deserted him and scattered. They captured the king and took him to the king of Babylon at Ribah, where they pronounced judgment upon Zedekiah. They made Zedekiah watch as they slaughtered his sons. Then they gouged out Zedekiah's eyes, bound him in bronze chains, and led him away to Babylon. Jeremiah 52, 6-11 By July 18th, in the eleventh year of Zedekiah's reign, the famine in the city had become very severe, and the last of the food was entirely gone. Then a section of the city wall was broken down, and all the soldiers fled. Since the city was surrounded by the Babylonians, they waited for nightfall. Then they slipped through the gate between the two walls behind the king's garden and headed toward the Jordan Valley. But the Babylonian troops chased King Zedekiah and overtook him on the plains of Jericho, for his men had all deserted him and scattered. They captured the king and took him to the king of Babylon at Ribah in the land of Hamath. There the king of Babylon pronounced judgment upon Zedekiah. The king of Babylon made Zedekiah watch as he slaughtered his sons. He also slaughtered all the officials of Judah at Ribah. Then he gouged out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him in bronze chains, and the king of Babylon led him away to Babylon. Zedekiah remained there in prison until the day of his death. Jeremiah 39, verses 2 to 10. Two and a half years later, on July 18th, in the eleventh year of Zedekiah's reign, a section of the city wall was broken down. All the officers of the Babylonian army came in and sat in triumph at the middle gate. 
Nergal Shazir of Semgar, and Nebo Serakim, a chief officer, and Nergal Serazar, the king's advisor, and all the other officers of the king of Babylon. When King Zedekiah of Judah and all, the, all their soldiers saw that the Babylonians had broken into the city, they fled. They waited for nightfall and then slipped through the gate between the two walls behind the king's garden and headed toward the Jordan Valley. But the Babylonian troops chased them and overtook Zedekiah on the plains of Jericho. They captured him and took him to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who was at Ribah in the land of Hamath. There the king of Babylon pronounced judgment upon Zedekiah. The king of Babylon made Zedekiah watch as he slaughtered his sons at Ribah. The king of Babylon also slaughtered all the nobles of Judah. Then he gouged out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him in bronze chains to lead him away to Babylon. Meanwhile, the Babylonians burned Jerusalem, including the royal palace and the houses of the people, and they tore down the walls of the city. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took as exiles to Babylon the rest of the people who remained in the city, those who had defected to him and everyone else who had remained. But Nebuzaradan allowed some of the poorest people to stay behind in the land of Judah, and he assigned them to care for the vineyards in the fields. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.